0: Hello, writers. This is a podcast about NaNoWriMo, where we get you ready for November. I'm Christina Horner. I'm Liz Leo. And this is How to Win NaNo.
1: As a reminder, Christina and I are not actually affiliated with Nanorimo in any way. We've just won a lot. Liz, it's November 1st. Oh my gosh. How does it's upon us.
0: How does this keep happening?
1: I know, isn't it, Wild? Every year it happens. Oh
0: my gosh. You'd think one of these years we'd just skip it. We'd just go straight from mm-hmm. October 31st to December 1st. It'd be yeah. like a
1: miracle. Or one of these years it wouldn't sneak up on us. Well, you That's know. That's so sneaky. It's not like we've been making episodes of our podcast for weeks leading yeah. up and to then it, years this very moment leading up to it yeah no <laughs> it's fine so all right what are we talking about today well have you started writing i mean i mean i'm gonna be
0: honest it's november 1st i yeah. I'm probably just staring at a blank page freaking out right now
1: no actually we all know november 1st no i'm not writing this this year on november 1st so. oh
0: yeah that's a good point liz will be. Although on I, vacation. Might,
1: I have like a kindle scribes yeah, and yeah, i'm hoping to take phone. notes and stuff yeah, yeah right on my phone um Well, we want to talk today about
0: where to start writing. Where do you start your novel?
1: Some people, the blank page, they like. Some, they hate it.
0: Yeah, but everyone has to get through it. Everybody Mm -hmm. starts with a blank page, and everyone's got to put words there in -hmm. order to start. So
1: where do we start? Well, the way that I always think about it is when I write an opening line, I make sure it's a sentence I've never heard before. Ooh, I like that. I think I heard... That advice at one point. So every time I try and write a sentence, I try and write something that is surprising. And I think the best way to do that is like, have you seen those combinations of words together recently? (laughs) No, okay, because it's very. I think it's very tempting to open with a cliche. Yeah, like she woke. It was a you know dark and stormy night. Like she woke up from the dream. Right. Like covered in sweat. Those kind of things. So something that I want to start this
0: episode with is that. I think it's way more important in your first draft Yes, um, to think about where your story starts as opposed to your first line. Absolutely. Because I can often point. get really stuck on like, oh, my first line has to be so good. But like, you're obviously going to rewrite mm-hmm. that line like a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Like the first line that I write is very rarely the first line that stays my first line.
1: Which is so funny because for me, it's like that first line becomes like stuck in my head as this like, you know this anchor point but i think this is just how we're different writers yeah. you're also way more spontaneously brilliant than i am my my craft <laughs> takes you honing. Work hard yeah yeah <laughs>
0: um so i would say don't get so unless you're liz don't get <laughs> so hung up on your first line and spend more time thinking about where your story is starting because mm-hmm. it's a lot harder to go back and rewrite your entire first scene than it yeah, is absolutely. to just like
1: well, and not just where, but like where in the scene, right? Yeah. In media res. Yeah, exactly. So what
0: I wanted to say is starting your novel, you there. there's a lot to think about. So you have this idea for your story in your brain, right? Mm-hmm. And you could start it anywhere. Like if there's a big event, you could start it right before. You could start it right after in the fallout of whatever the big event is. You could yeah. start it on the eve of a disaster. You could start it on someone's birthday. You could start it like in the car like there's just so many ways and places that you can start
1: hearing you talk about this is so wild to me because I don't think I've ever spent much thought about this really well oh I just God. I just know where it starts but how? every time but how because I just like see it in my head
0: I mean that's that's fair a but lot of like, you, but
1: like have you ever thought about why though? Like I why? I think it has to do with the fact that I tend to think of most of my stories very cinematically. Mm-hmm. So I definitely am always imagining the opening scene, which I for most good movies does start with like this dose of like world setting, but also has to be in media res. Like yeah. like it boring movies start with exposition. Right. Right. So yeah. like I think because I imagine things so scenically, I just know what the opening scene is because to me that's just like just a part of the vision. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying like, to think why though, because
0: I know that's not helpful. Well, one thing that I will say is that there's like some comment like they what's the what's the quote? Like every story is either about someone leaving to mm-hmm. go somewhere
1: new or a stranger coming to town like yes every story
0: breaks down to like that very like basic that's
1: actually very because I was just thinking about the one of the last stories I wrote for last year and it really does start with like a stranger coming to town yeah and it that's like the exact scene where it's like in and even thinking about it the first scene I wrote for that novel last year is a scene featuring a character that isn't even a character in the book. Like, they die shortly after. But it's, like, that sort of, like, world-setting Stranger Comes Into Town. Yeah. Brings it together. And I just, I don't know. I'm trying to think, like, how I knew to start there. But I think partially it was, I just had this image in my head of this, like, movie first scene. Yeah. Um, Well, so
0: what I was going to say is, like, when you don't know where to start, a good good thing to think about is mm -hmm. that you want to jump right into the action. And where that action is is up to you. But you you don't want to, like you said, like a a boring start to a story is a lot of like exposition. You don't want to just like describe a place and the settings and the things in it. You want to let your reader tease those things out by seeing how they react in a situation that tightens. And through that, they get context clues about where they are, exactly who they are, who the other people are, and like what the stakes are. Um, And that is going to keep your reader like way more interested and like needing to keep reading than if you're like johnny was a 30 year old man who lived on a farm
1: i think that's actually one reason i tend to start and now it's like coming to me more Like the reason why I tend to start with things that are a little bit adjacent to the actual story is because it gives you this ability to up the stakes, especially when you're about to go into something like the hero's journey, Mm -hmm. where usually the hero's journey starts with someone being in their home, like in their, their ordinary world. So like I tend to like writing about things that are the unordinary world. Right. And so um oftentimes when you just said that it's like you want to write something that's exciting and upping the stakes and um is in media res and sometimes the hero's journey story when you're writing that can feel like you're starting it with uh frodo and his house you know like in the shire but
0: but you you can have it be like a more interesting scene that sets Mm -hmm. that tone rather than like Frodo lived in the Shire. Oh, well, of course not, you know? yeah. And so, basically, you just have to think of, like, where, where does it make the most sense for your reader to come in? Like, mm-hmm. in a murder mystery, it might make sense for your story to start
1: right after mm-hmm. the murder
0: happens. So then it's, like, very clear why the reader wouldn't know because they yeah. weren't there. They're only coming in in the aftermath. Or, like,
1: for example, I'm pretty sure the actual movie of Lord of the Rings starts with an explanation of the rings. Right. And, like, how they were forged in Wardor and you, like, see all the fire. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to Right, this Green Shire. like, and you're like, whoa, these two visual. things are connecting. Yeah. And that's where I think like uh, the cinematic piece plus chaos is really fun.
0: Yeah. And I think like adding some of that mystery mm-hmm. where, you know, mystery like for in sure. Lord of the Rings, it's like, wh- yeah, what does that have to do with that? I need to know. You, you like starting at like a moment of confusion mm-hmm. where like the reader's confused, like people in the scene are confused. Yeah. And it like, it piques your reader's interest and makes them want to keep reading to figure out what it all means mm-hmm. you know you don't want to give everything away on page one because then there's no reason to keep reading
1: although there are some stories I've read and start with giving everything away all at once like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy I think is a really good example or even um Sears and Forge events which I bring up all the time but it's like if you like books with happy endings you should put away this book but I, I f- know that's not giving everything away yeah because in that cla- in itself classical sense. is
0: leaving like adding mystery and leaving you with a sense of confusion because you're like why is this book telling me not to read this book I obviously want to read this book
1: that's true it is like that reverse psychology I think what I mean to say is like there is a way to also start in which you are telling the truth immediately and so it's like in that there's mystery because who just tells you the truth right away
0: but you're not giving everything away because then the reader is like well what else is there to learn here yeah you know if that isn't the interesting part of of the story yeah then but
1: like yeah I think that's the thing about the like opening line is because if the line opens out with saying like Mr. Doyle was the murderer but like I still would read that because I'm like, why was this murder mystery starting out by telling me who the murderer right, is? Right, exactly. So you're yeah.
0: you're only like solidifying my point. Yes. Uh this this is kind of just driving home what we were saying earlier, but like you really do wanna surprise your readers with your first line. Like you said, you don't want to start with a cliche. You wanna find like a jarring moment or a startling visual. Or some kind of wild confession. So if you're like, you know, so if you say Mr. Doyle was a murderer, that is kind of a jarring moment where you're like, uh, okay, what? (laughs) What's the mystery then? You know, you want to like, you really want a reader to like read your first line a few times to be Mm -hmm. like, what is happening here? And that that's a good way to kind of like think about whether or not you've started it at the right spot. Mm -hmm. And then adding something ominous as soon as possible kind of adds like... And I think you can do this regardless of whether it's like fantasy or whatever because there, there is... There is a way in every genre to add something that feels a little unsettling. I
1: think that just means like adding tension. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then let's see. And then
0: setting the mood right away. Mm-hmm. So I think that's also important. You want to let your reader know what kind of journey they're in for. Yeah. Um, like I've definitely read some books where I get in further than I would have expected to get in and then find out that it's like torture porn. And oh, I'm like, no, no. This is not what I thought I signed up for.
1: Genre setting. Like, for example, there's, I mean, this is a TV show, but you know, the like the girl in the window across the street from the whatever with Kristen Bell? Yeah. Like, I just didn't get that it was supposed to be a satire of that genre because (laughs) I wasn't familiar. So, like, it, I just, the whole time I was like, wait, is this supposed to be funny? I can't tell. And so, like, (laughs) when you're reading a book, you sort of want to know, maybe not the actual story ahead of time, but you do want to know the, the tribe of story that you're entering into yeah
0: yeah exactly um so you want to make sure that like by the end of the first chapter your reader has a pretty good sense of like what kind of journey am i on uh the other tip that i have that's um a little bit outside of like just sort of like scene setting and all of this Mm -hmm. is um kind of a bigger deal um and this one has Before you start writing, you should really take a long, hard think about whether your main character is the most interesting person in your book. Sure. Because this is the person that you've chosen to center your story around, and you need to ask yourself, why does this character have the best seat in the house? And I guess, and those are kind of two different things, Mm -hmm. but like innately if your character has the best seat in the house then that should make them the most interesting character and you might like i have definitely realized that a different character should be the like
1: interesting yeah like the
0: one with the best seat in the house um i think in general that's not a problem that i run into because usually i
1: think a lot about this ahead
0: of time Mm -hmm. but i have definitely seen it happen
1: that's really interesting you know That's a question that's worth asking every time you write a novel that I don't think I've asked myself very much. I think the other thing, too, is that if it's almost too obvious, like, maybe also look at why, because you don't want that sort of Mary Sue Mm -hmm. main character syndrome type character that's just like, well, it's because all the magical things happen and they're the chosen one. It's like, well, maybe tone that down just very slightly. But, yeah. yeah.
0: And I think you want to make sure that your character has like the most twisted view of what they think they need and what mm, they actually mm-hmm, need mm-hmm. and that your main character possibly has the biggest
1: room to grow. Yeah. Has the biggest absolutely. journey That's to That's a go really good on. point. I think the biggest room to grow is probably the number one area I choose. And also like, I, I think maybe this is a question I didn't ask myself because the, one of the last novels I finished, um, there was five main characters because there's five sections and I wrote from each of their perspectives. But the reason why I did that is because each of them specifically had a area to grow on the stages of grief. Oh yeah. So like it was like focusing on each of their areas of growth. And I think most of the characters I write have a huge amount of growth that they need to, to uh, get through. And growth isn't usually meaning they get the thing they want. Growth usually means they do and then realize that it's not what they needed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I've also written multiple POV
0: novels. The one Mm -hmm. I'm working on right now is from the point of view of three different generations of women. Um, And so they each kind of have equal weight in the story because each of their perspectives is equally valid in in this story and like kind of builds Mm -hmm. on each other. It is sort of centered around the youngest character because she is the one in like present Mm -hmm. times and is sort of like the one who's dealing with like the current state of um, this place that is important to all of them but only in that like she really like starts and ends of the story yeah. otherwise they all have like really equal weight
1: yeah you know actually i'm really glad you brought this up because um you know we're about to start our novels it's november 1st and this year i'm not doing a novel but i'm writing a um a musical and i have five characters i think six six characters <laughs> that i'm writing and i'm like well The thing is with a musical is there's not really like a main character. But who's going to bout last? But like, yeah. See, the thing is, is that that's a really good point. I do know who the main character is and it truly is the person who has the most to grow. It's the one who has the big moments of decisions that they have to make throughout the story. Yeah. So that's, I I never really thought about it. And as you asked me that question, I was like, oh, panicking. Oh, no. What's the answer? And then when you said it's the person who has the most to to learn and to grow, I was like, oh, this makes it so easy. Everyone else is is at more assured part of their journeys and they still have things they need to work on but she has like a large arc Mm
0: -hmm. yeah Yeah, no that's i think that's really helpful and i actually love the visual of who's gonna bow last yeah because i think thank you for that in some in some novels there isn't one main character but i think there is usually still yes someone who would take the last bow or it's bow. like a
1: couple or like yeah yeah exactly there's usually one or two people who take the last bow and yeah it's a really good way to think of it yeah. because even if you're writing multiple characters like even in the last novel I wrote where I said there's five characters I know which character or two would take the bow last right yeah. like there still would be an order of it totally yeah
0: and I I think we'd be remiss not to point out that we are talking very specifically, like it's November 1st, you need to start writing your novel. And this is like how like how you successfully start a story in a way that is interesting to readers. Also, if you are not someone who writes chronologically, (laughs) like you start wherever your heart desires and whatever... Feels like the right place for your novel. I would say just make sure you start somewhere that's gonna like hold your attention and like really help you set the scene and like learn about your world and learn about your characters and sort of tease out like what it is you're writing, you know?
1: You made such a good point because at the end of the day, these are first drafts. So uh, unless like you're editing your third draft, but like mostly these are first drafts. And so you should start at the place that is most helpful for you. Yeah. And then you can always you know, edit it to be the place that's best for the reader. Yeah. But start at the place that you feel like is going to bring the most to your story.
0: Yeah, because I think the, those are like two entirely different conversations. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like, where do you physically start writing and in what order? And then how do you then go back and make sure your novel has a satisfying start? Yes. So hopefully we helped with the latter. Hopefully if if you're worried about the former I don't ever really write out of yeah. I don't order, write out of order. So- You'll have to talk
1: to Katrina, who <laughs> yeah. only writes out of order, and that <laughs> still scares me.
0: But the general the general consensus that I've heard from people who write out of order is like go where you're interested and then fill in the gaps. So yeah. you know, write whatever is calling to you and gonna help you
1: get your words in today, and hopefully you get that five k day. You know how Katrina said that she felt like writing in order was like starting a puzzle like at the top line and just going line by line. I feel like writing out of order is like knitting a sweater but like I'm gonna knit a patch over here and then like I'm gonna knit the the arm cuff but you haven't knit the rest of the arms. I'm like how do you know where it's all gonna go? It's so funny to me how different different writers brains work because to me
0: writing in order is like getting the frame yeah and like understanding and then like and in the middle you kind of fill in as you like figure it all as out yeah
1: i don't know it's th- it, this it, i'm sorry to keep harping on it but I, I recently edited that episode and it still sticks in my brain it's so hard but you know it's
0: it's funny to me katrina's not here so we can talk <laughs> we can talk all the smack about her that we want um but uh like, I also re listened to the Plantster episode recently, and I thought that your and my brains worked like super differently. And Katrina's like on another planet. Yeah,
1: that's why I said we're a triangle. Yeah. It's like she's just over here. But I love, I love. That I love it. We were able to
0: share her perspective because I'm sure there's plenty of people out there whose brains work like Katrina's. There have I don't to be. understand how they function, yeah. but apparently <laughs> it
1: works. So for all of you who are starting and writing um, out of order, uh, I, I don't have too much more advice for you. No, Godspeed. So Godspeed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's November. Uh, we are very proud of you for taking on Nano. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, just showing up on November 1st is like one of the biggest steps. It
1: really is. Like, you know, maybe you're going into a local write-in. Maybe you're at home and you're nestled up in um, in your robe with your computer. I know that some people start at midnight. And some start the mm, next day. Yeah. I feel like starting at midnight is usually your tradition. I won't be able to do it this year. Hopefully, Christina will. I usually write, like, a paragraph and then yeah. go to bed. <laughs> and then sometimes I'm like, oh, I'll just write 2,000 words, and that's fine. Yeah, I'm and I've, like, gone to sleep, like, an hour before, <laughs> and I wake up, and I see Liz's word count, and I'm like, what the heck, Liz? <laughs> I do really like how I somehow manage to, like, I can catch up to Christina while she sleeps. It's like, it is totally a tortoise in the hair situation. Yep. Yep. <laughs> all right well we are so proud of all of you sound off on the discord and um share your first sentence yeah and we love to see that. now stop procrastinating by listening to
0: our podcast and go go
1: right do it the episode is over wait it's season five of christina what do i say where's my script give me a second liz i'm still writing it okay i can fill the space have i told you about how i'm learning to play the piano and done here you go Welcome to the end of the episode. This is Liz, who will not be talking about pianos. Hey, wait!
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you want to keep up with us between episodes, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at HowToWinNano.
1: We've also got a Patreon if you want to donate and help us keep this podcast ad-free. That's patreon.com slash HowToWinNano. You can also join our Discord server full of writers, which is super active
0: during the nano season.
1: Oh, tell them about our books.
0: Oh yeah! I have an indie publishing company called 84th Street Press, and we've published three anthologies. They feature stories written by liz and i and a bunch of other talented authors the newest one is called what happened to annabelle
1: and you can find it most places books are sold this one has a bit of a spooky vibe and a heavy dose of feminism but each anthology is a totally different vibe so there's something for everyone
0: thanks for listening until next time keep keep writing
1: writing. now i can talk about the piano no
0: What do you, what do you like, what's the strategy? How do you laugh?